Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. My guest today is a financial journalist whose articles have appeared in Defense Web, Politics Web, a number of overseas publications, and of course, The Daily Friend. He has also worked on Business Day and as a TV and radio reporter and newsreader. Welcome, Jonathan. Jonathan Katzenellenbogen. Thanks, Sarah. Good to be here. I hope you're keeping warm today. Uh, but have... I am. I am. Good, Sun good. is out and streaming into my office, yeah? Excellent. Because I think one will need all the warmth one needs to unpack the issue. And the issue we're going to deal with is the agreement between big business and the state to help the state get out of some of its mess based on an approach made by big business to the government. So they approached the government for a meeting um, and and they were met they met with Soro Maposa and, and and other ministers. They are going to look at turning around some of the power stations, improving roads, rails and port ports and fighting high priority crime and corruption. Jonathan the big business sector has been involved with business on a, in a similar way on previous occasions. Is this different? And if so, what makes it different? Well, in turn, I think, you know, the big involvement came around COVID and they contributed to a government fund for uh, protective equipment and various other things around the uh, um, COVID-19 vaccine rollout and the um, uh, response to the epidemic. And there was a big involvement here. Um, Discovery, for instance, rolled out um, uh, a facility, facilities to allow people to be vaccinated. And it was a a major effort in terms of both, I think, in terms of of the time of executives, their own resources, and um, uh, the, the the time of their uh, big bosses, mm. but this is large. There's no doubt about it. There, um, there, there are four areas in which they're going to uh, help, as you've said. And those, just to um, uh, uh, repeat, are the, the power stations, the uh, logistics, uh, and um, also uh, law and, uh, importantly, law and order. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so the, these are very crucial areas, all bottlenecks in the economy and in terms of um, raising investor confidence. Mm-hmm. And the sort of time that they they really contributed 100 million rand to what they call a resource mobilization mm-hmm. fund, um, which will put money into these areas and then they'll bring in people. But we don't really have much an idea how it'll work. Mm. And um, the, the expressions used by both governments and business are uh, we'll be working along, they'll be working alongside, business and government will be working alongside of each other. Their work will dovetail. Mm. So I think that uh, they don't... Uh, Neither business or government wants to portray this as um, a matter of uh, business rushing to the rescue of the ruling party and government, but that's what it Mm. really is. I mean, why else would you do it Mm. if if you were if 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 there wasn't an urgency to it? Mm. And these uh, and these services were near breaking point. Mm. Um, Um, Sorry, just to pick up on a point you made there about we're not exactly sure how it will work. Um, There was a 
interesting article by the chairman of, of Discovery, Adrian Gore, um, r- talking about this, but he, he, he's, he emphasized that, you know, being upfront and, 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 uh, you know, letting the people of the South Africa know what is going on, transparency, in an issue like this was very, very important, and he undertook to keep us up to date. Now, isn't that part of, well, certainly historically, we can partly understand it, but we're in a situation where as the public desperately wants to know how what is being done and how it's being done. And is there any likelihood that, we, that we'll really know and listen until it either succeeds or fails? Well, I don't think there's much transparency. You know, the language that they used, we're working alongside. There wasn't a sort of detailed description of what actual projects they would be involved in, how they would work together, what resources they would bring in. And um, what what are the lines of authority in this? Mm. You know, who will be reporting to who? Yes, business will be reporting to the president and uh, four crisis committees um, on um um, on, on, on progress. But we don't know if, 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 um, you know, there's not going to be transparency. Mm. Um, and we're not going to know what is discussed and, um, uh, the details, um, of this. You know, it's just words, really. Mm. But what, importantly, yeah. and one thing that I don't think we're going to know about is whether business, in fact, has laid down any conditions to itself. Right. Because this sort of help without conditions won't do anyone much good. Mm. Um, you know, the, it, there's a larger policy environment uh, to consider, which is fundamentally anti-business, anti-investment and anti-growth. And unless you tackle that, um, uh, th- there's not much going to be done. Mm. And there's not there's no sign that business uh, goes to government and says, these are the issues that you must tackle and then we'll help you. You know, there has to be a reform program. Mm. Um, and that's why investment is so low and why. You know, all the, the plethora of regulations that the government itself is caught up in, from higher cost procurement to duty empowerment regulations, mm. the extents of corruption and so forth. I called it the derator moment mm. in my piece that I wrote. Yes. Um, and th- this is what, you know, you, the derator came in, uh, uh, energetic and then, uh, discovered that government was on, not on his side in tackling uh, what he calls four cartels who were sabotaging and stealing from ESCOM. And they were not on his side when it came to the multitude of regulations that he had to, that he came across, making a turnaround impossible. And it's difficult to see that um, these uh, uh, business won't come across precisely mm. the same circumstances. Mm. Uh, this is, this is exactly my, uh, my concerns because um, the, if ever there was an opportunity, I don't think it would be agreed to, but if ever there was an opportunity for business to say these things have to be changed as you've, as you've enumerated and uh, it's empowerment legislation, etc., uh, this is the time because the, the government theoretically should be so vulnerable. But And this is certainly something we've written and talked about a lot at the IRR. Aren't they really going to be faced with the fact that whatever the circumstances are, we're dealing with a government who is hidebound by an, uh, a philosophy or an ideology of socialism. It's, it started in the very early 60s. It comes out in every conference that the ANC holds. They are on the march to socialism. So whatever happens, capitalism is the devil and 
they're not going to take the full help from the devil that they need. I think that that is the case. There are some operational improvements that can be made, clearly, mm-hmm. um, and they can invest, but they won't get their full return, I think, if they don't um, uh, uh, pursue a wider range of options. And those options have to include privatization. Mm. They are, you know, they're steps to, to uh, allowing greater a private sector involvement, for instance, in rail and, of course, energy. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not as though they're going to privatize the whole, whole lot. Mm. Um, you know, they they still want to maintain a state presence in the, uh, at the, uh, the heights of the economy. Mm. So, yes, I think you're perfectly correct. And there is a basic animosity between business and, um, and government. How, how, how can there not be, you know, when, uh, the, the, the very terms they use of white monopoly capital and, uh, and their, their practices just illustrate this. And the, you know, the, the fact is that they're bringing in more draconian regis- uh, regulation on, on racial quotas for hiring. Mm. Uh, the NHI and so forth, all anti-growth, all anti-business. Mm. Well, it's really interesting because uh, uh, Busi Mavusa, who, who leads uh, Business Unity South Africa, the representative of, uh, of the corporate state, of the corporate industry rather, um, said in an article she was f- fulminating against the NHI, um, and uh, correctly so, I, I think, and she was saying that she, she's disappointed or she's concerned that people don't seem energized in their opposition to NHI. But she answered almost her own question and said that it's almost as if we have been exhausted as, as a people. We are exhausted by the plethora of failure and, and, and legislation that promises more failure. And she's quite a big, uh, she's quite a big forthright player in this. Are they are they sort of hoping against hope that somehow this will be different, perhaps because there's an election next year? Well, the only um, uh, positive, um, you know, the only contribution to which I expect that, that would favour a um, case of um, you've always got to speak to government. You know, there's just no doubt about it, um, and there should be be, be always be open channels. Mm. How far you'll get, you know, one. Um, business hasn't gotten very far. That is the the, the fact. Mm. And Busi Mabusa has been very outspoken and, you know, a great deal of credit um, mm. uh, to her. But one thing is that I think the reason they're engaging is, is to create more channels to communicate with business. They want to, you know, see that by just sitting down with them, they can raise perhaps... This is, this is putting a positive spin mm. on it. Mm. They can perhaps raise other things and and convince them, you know, that we need fundamental reform in the economy. We need privatization and the doing away with a host of regulations on empowerment and labor and mm. so forth mm. and procurement. Indeed, yes, the big the big procurement. I think uh, I think corruption um, in the in South Africa as a whole and much of it will have been done through, procure, through procurement processes because they, they're vulnerable to it is is now measuring at a trillion or more, you have a um, the chair of business for South, um, for South Africa. You've quoted Martin Kingston as sort of saying, "We are not trying to micromanage or take over the role of the state, but support the state." So, 
it, it looks like there's a possibility that what the part of what will ultimately happen is that business itself will separate or will argue experience a schism because of what they do or do not see happening and uh uh, you know, once that, uh, I would have thought once that, if that happens, then there's, there's no, there's no cooperation, um, there's no cooperation to be done. And it, it, it sort of worries me that the, the sort of 100 million you mentioned going into the, into the fund, uh, we've heard about it, and we have some idea of how it works, but we, we, we don't have any idea of what it's going to, whether it's succeeding, whether there is cooperation between, uh, government and business. So I, I guess I'm saying that, you know, this, this in a way is perhaps the likelihood of failure is fairly great, notwithstanding that from an electoral point of view, the ANC is for the first time in 30 years on the ropes. You know, I think that they're perhaps, you know, they, uh, it depends on how you select your projects. You know, they might be, they might select, you know, they've selected four power stations to turn around. Mm. Duraita certainly had his problems doing this. So it's going to be interesting to see if they are able to do this. Then they're going to the, look. The most controversial and most difficult project that they selected is to try and beef up the Hawks, mm. the um, the investigation service, the uh, crime intelligence service, and those sorts of things. Um, but they're also going to have difficulty in other things. I think there's it's going to be a lot of political opposition. There's going to be a little, lot of uh, opposition from within mm. and. But I don't think even if these fail, um, business is not in a position to say, oh, we'll give up. I mm. think that they, they have to, they, they'll have to continue because of the political pressure that, um, is, is on them. And besides, you know, they can't, the last thing that businesses want to do is to embarrass a government on this. They're just not forceful enough mm. and they know where their bread is buttered. Mm. You know, licenses, mining licenses can be taken away. Their life can be made very difficult, difficult, both for individual companies as well as, um, uh, sectors. Mm. Well, isn't there an argument then that given the fact that we're actually not likely to see much transparency, it actually gives both parties the chance to really get to grips with some of these issues and instead of Sort of working alongside. I mean, they may say that, but if they actually allowed this, the private sector to take charge of projects, with or without the involvement of of, uh, of staff from the, from from government, um, things could be much improved just by virtue of that sort of change of role, which we really don't need to know much about. Well, it's still, you know, government is still in charge, and I think that that's that's problematic. Mm. You know, in the rest of the world, the uh, energy said the pr- energy sector is being privatised. Um, you know, if you want to put business in charge and run it to run these things properly, privatise them. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, and that that, that goes to the, 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 the that's also the case with the road and rail uh, network. Mm. Of course, in South Africa, the problem is. Uh, you know how the uh, privatization auctions, if they're done this way, or the, or the whole process will be conducted, mm. whether it'll not, whether some of the assets will go to friends of those in power, mm. one just doesn't know. Mm. But mm. I, at the same time, I think you know you, that's the course you want to go if you want not have business advise government mm. on this, mm. actually have a privatized things. Mm. There's no reason for these assets to be in in uh, in government hands. Mm.
Well, th- there it becomes very much a reflection of ideology because you've got as your tripartite partners, you've got the Communist Party, um, which is, is as dogmatic as any good communist party would be. And you've got Kasatu, the, 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 one of the two large union movements. And their opposition and antipathy towards big business is, is almost a cliche. I mean, it's really something out of the, the 60s and 70s. So given that, I, is it, I don't think it's likely that the, the ANC would do what is necessary with the private sector at the end of the day. Or, my, I, I think or do you think they can know, what forge saying, ahead? Well, no, I, I don't. I, I look, with good leadership, they could forge ahead. And I think that that's possible. And that's the story of many reform programs mm-hmm. they, where the government hasn't achieved um, a complete cons- consensus within a party or within a group. And it, it, it goes ahead just seeing that as a, as a, as necessary for the survival of the country, for avoiding violence, um, for um, uh, boosting economic growth. Um, but I, I, I agree with you entirely, and I think that um, we're being held back here. And uh, clearly, the, the president lacks the authority within mm. the tripartite alliance to either go it alone or um, go up against um, his um, uh, supporters in mm. his, his um, the other factions. Sorry, mm. not supporters, mm. other factions. So you know we're stuck, really. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, the, the, that's uh, that's my concern, and certainly some of the some of the processes they've tried on railways have been so narrow and so constricting that there's been almost no private sector take up of any of that. Jonathan, thank you very much for looking at this issue with me. Um, I, I think, you know, we're trying to find uh, the positive development in, 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 in society, in, in our politics, given the external factors, but it's just unlikely or uncertain. Yes, I think it is. Mm. Uh, you know, they've made minor movement in allowing, uh, they made, well, significant movement in allowing the private sector um, to uh, generate uh, power, but there's still problems there, you know, with, mm. the, uh, with the opening of solar bids. I say they're, they're going to concession off some of the power stations and, le- and lease some of the lines off, but I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be sufficient. Mm. And uh, they've got to embark on um, far wider and bolder uh, mm. reform. Mm. No, I, I echo that. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Much appreciated um, your time. My pleasure. Thanks very much, Sarah. Thanks.